who today we get to study as the resurrection and the life. Amen. And uh, that whoever would confess him, right, and believe in their heart that he is Lord and believe that he has risen from the dead, they will be saved. saved. Amen. And so that's the good news of the gospel. This is Pastor Jason. He's been a church planner in our city. Some, he and his wife Melinda, who is playing at the keyboard today, and... Uh, he has a real heart for Jesus and the gospel, and we're excited to have you share this morning, brother. So Happy I'm going to pray here. for you, yes. and then we'll turn you loose, all right? Excellent. Father, thank you for Jason. Thank you for he and his wife, Melinda, and their family. Thank you for that you have called them to Utah to minister here. God, anoint and strengthen his gifts today. God, use him as he speaks. Give him joy. Give us hearts to hear. God, let us not just be hearers of the word, God, but doers of it, Lord. So, uh, follow, Father, hallow these moments. We give these to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. It's, uh, it is so good to be here. And you're going to have to forgive my sniffles. I didn't mean to start crying over here now. Again, now we've got some sniffles going on. I apologize. Let me just pull up my notes. Make it large print. And put on my glasses that I didn't wear the last time I preached because I'm getting older. Anybody have that problem? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's so good to be here. Um, we, we were gone for a little while, as many of you know, and we're back, and we've been here a little while, but we're just so grateful. Um, I want to tell you what we learned while we were gone. We learned that this is home, and you guys are home, and we're happy to be back here. Um, we're going to be uh, discussing the title of this sermon. Our subject today is An Encounter with the Resurrection and the Life. An encounter with the resurrection and the life. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 11. Um, this is the longest passage in the I Am series. Um, and so we're going to be looking at John 11, verses 1 through 44. If you can find John 11, you're going to be okay because we're just going to camp out here. There's enough here. We're not going anywhere else. We're going to stay here. So if you can find John 11, you're, you're good for the whole message. Um, so let's read John 11. Starting in verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, 
And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came and found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly to, and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. How? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said those things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Let's pray. God, I ask you to do what only you can do. Speak life. For your words, God, are powerful and they do not return void. So God, we invite you here. Open our hearts that we may see your glory and thus be forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen. The questions at the heart of this message are... What will your response be when you encounter the resurrection and the life? Will you believe? The book of John was written so that we may believe.
believe? Will you believe? Before we dive into this narrative, there's five things I, I, I want us to know, I want you to know as we dive into this story. Number one, this is the last public miracle Jesus did before his crucifixion. It is also the most powerful miracle and catalyst that led the Jews and the Pharisees to do what their hearts had desired, namely to kill Jesus. This miracle paved the way to crucify Jesus. It was this miracle that the Pharisees and Jews said, well, there's nothing less. We've got to kill him, right? He's got to die or everybody is going to follow this man. Number two, it is in this narrative that we find the deepest and the clearest picture of both the humanity of Jesus and the divinity of Jesus. It is here where we see his power put on display and where we find out that our God weeps. Imagine that, a God who weeps. Number three, it's, it's, this narrative is written in a way to bring out deep emotion in the reader. John labors over writing this passage. It's lengthy and he goes into great detail. He labors over this to bring out deep emotion in the reader, reader and lead them to a fork in the road. And this fork is either to belief and eternal life or unbelief and thus death. Number four, if the reader, you and I, that is, truly dive into this narrative in which we find ourselves in the characters' places, attempting to feel what they felt. I invite you to do that as we, as we work through this passage. Put yourself in their place. Attempt, make, make the effort to dive into the story, to feel what they were feeling. If we can do that, it is quite likely to cause an uncomfortableness. When we see how Jesus responds to their plea for help. And number five, at the same time, in this uncomfortableness that we will find ourselves in, if we truly see the glory and the love of Jesus as displayed in this passage, it will lead you to love and hope and you will be filled with that. And that's my hope and prayer for you as we embark into this story. So here's the message layout. It's right here on the screen. We're going to look at this. We're going to go straight through from verse 1 to verse 44. There are five main sections in this narrative. And we're going to see a progression as we go through here of Jesus slowly revealing himself as the resurrection and the life. We will look. The story begins with a desperate family and an unexpected response. Then Jesus encounters the disciples Jesus encounters Martha, Jesus encounters Mary, and finally Jesus encounters Lazarus. So let's just dive in here. Part one, a desperate family and an unexpected response. As I said earlier, let's put ourselves into the place um, of, of this situation. This, this, this verse, this chapter, this, this passage starts heavy. It says, a certain man was ill. Lazarus of Bethany. This isn't Lazarus of Salt Lake City where we have wonderful hospitals and first-class treatment everywhere and people who can come alongside of you when you're sick and, and, and help relieve some of the burden from the family. No, this is first century Palestine. This is a different time, a different era. 
And a man was ill, Lazarus. And we know that this man was probably young. He's the brother of Mary and Martha. This sickness comes upon him sudden and, and fierce to the point where he's facing imminent death. So in first century Palestine, if all of a sudden you're young and a sickness comes upon you quickly and suddenly, this is not a pretty sight more than likely. You can imagine the, the, the noises, the, the groans, the weeping, the, the agony, the smells in the home. I'm sure there were no clean towels or clean sheets to be gathered. And the people coming by, the neighbors trying to help. I'm, when they came in, they didn't see the best of you. They saw life in its, in its just absolute rawness, right? This was a tough situation. And it's interesting because in verse 2, we find John telling us that Lazarus, he was, he was the brother, it was Mary, uh, the, the brother of Mary, and Mary, he tells us in verse 2, was the one who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. This is very interesting that Lazarus talks about this here because he's telling the reader, you and I, that this, this Lazarus is important because his, his sister is the one who did this, this beautiful act that Jesus said everyone would always remember her by. The interesting thing about it is that this, didn't even, this, this has not even been introduced into John's gospel yet. This story doesn't even take place until the next chapter. And yet, writing this, John thought it necessary to put this here. And the question is why? John wants us to know that this is no ordinary family. This is, this is no stranger. This is a family that Jesus knew, that Jesus loved. A, a family that, that, that fed him and his disciples when they would travel through. This was no ordinary family. And so it says in verse 3, the sisters sent to him, sent to Jesus... Now, now, a little bit about where Jesus is. In the previous chapter, they tried to stone Jesus, and it wasn't Jesus' time to be stoned or killed. So he hid himself. He escaped because it wasn't his time, and now he's across the Jordan. So when this is happening, Jesus is not near. So the sisters send to Jesus, and, and John says, Tell Jesus the one whom you love. This is the second time that John is wanting us to know that this is a family that he loves. Tell him the one whom you love is ill. When the messenger, you can imagine the messenger running to Jesus. This is quick. This is sudden. This is a terrible situation. And the messenger runs to find Jesus. Have you ever been in a place where there was only one answer? Have you ever been in a, a tough, desperate spot where the only person that you could think to call to help you in this situation is Jesus? This is what's happening. There's nobody else. There's nobody else who can help. The messenger runs and finds Jesus. The one Jesus whom you love is ill. Mary and Martha sent me to tell you. And Jesus' response. This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God. So that the Son of God may boast. So the Son of God may be glorified through it. It doesn't lead to death. It is for the glory of God. 
I can imagine, right, after, think about this, Lazarus is facing um, imminent death, and I can imagine the sisters, they sent, the, they sent the, uh, the messenger, the messenger comes back quickly, tells, Jesus said, this doesn't end in death, it's for the glory of God, it's so that the Son of God may be glorified. I can imagine the sisters encouraging Lazarus as they're trying to take care of him, as they're probably putting cold, well, their best effort to put, you know, wet, damp cloths on his head, he's sick. They're saying, Lazarus, hang in there, buddy. Hang in there, brother. Jesus knows. We've sent word. Jesus loves you. You're the one whom he loves. It's going to be okay. Remember, Jesus is the one who healed the blind man. Jesus is the one who restored sight to the blind. Remember, Jesus fed thousands from a basket. Remember, Jesus walked on water. Jesus controls the elements. Remember, Jesus cursed a tree, and it, it, it died the next day. Jesus knows he's able to keep you from dying. Hang in there. Hang in there. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. And Jesus reveals in verse 4, the purpose is so that the Son of God may be glorified. Verse 5, this is the third time. In five verses that John wants to reiterate to us that Jesus and this family are close. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days in the place where he was. Okay, now this is where it gets uncomfortable, right? This is where it gets uncomfortable. Because John, what he's saying in verse 5 is Jesus loved this family. And then we have a transition word, so or therefore in your Bible. If your Bible doesn't have so or therefore at the beginning of verse 6, I encourage you to get a new translation because this is an important word, right? Um, Jesus said he loved them and because he loved them, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm, at, if I'm in a desperate situation and I have a good friend, a good buddy, that I know can come and help me in this situation, and I call my friend to come and help me in this situation, knowing good and well they're more than able of helping me in this situation, and they don't come, there's problems there, right? Jesus knew, and he stayed. And John tells us it's because he loved them. And I don't know about y'all, but that kind of feels to me if you're in this situation, it might feel like abandonment. It probably doesn't feel like love. It probably feels like you're alone. If someone's not coming beside you to help you, and especially when it's someone who is so close to you. But John calls it love. So let's continue and we'll see how this unfolds. Part two, an encounter with the disciples. Verse 7, 
after hanging out for two more days where he was, Jesus now says to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples uh, said to him, they were rabbi, they were just seeking to kill you. Do you think this is a good idea to go back to the same place where they just tried to kill us? Right? Are you sure? <laughs> I love this because it's, uh, it's a constant reminder that the disciples just were always confused and they didn't really understand what Jesus was doing. Which makes me feel good because I'm often confused and many times I don't understand what's happening. So the disciples comfort me quite often. I want you to know that Jesus wasn't hindered by outside threats. They tried to stone him in chapter 10, but he, it wasn't his time. He, he hid himself. They could not get to him. The disciples are worried. Let's don't go back because they tried to kill you. Jesus' response to him was this. Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. What he's saying here is, I have been sent by my Father to do a work. And I'm walking in the day. I am walking in the light. I'm not, I'm not walking in the dark where I'm going to stumble. I'm aware that they tried to kill me. I'm going to do a good work that my Father sent me to do. And then Jesus tells them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him, right? This is the first key. This is the first unfolding of, of Jesus here. He says, I go to awaken him. The, the disciples say, well, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he's, he'll recover. He'll wake up because that's what happens when you fall asleep. You, you wake up. They really didn't want to go back. <laughs> Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest and sleep. Jesus told them plainly at this point, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. This is the key word, that you may believe. But let us go to him. I love Thomas. Thomas says, okay, then let us go that we may die with him. You know, he's so, he can be so easy to make fun of at times, right? But at the same, when you really think about it, when you really think about it, Jesus said, Lazarus is dead, let us go to him. Well, when you're dead, you're dead, right? You just, you're dead. And if we're going to go to him, Lazarus, uh, Thomas is like, well, I guess the only way to get to him is that we die with him. They're trying to stone us anyway. So, uh, Jesus, I'm with you unto death. At least he had courage, right? So we can give him that. Key points there. I go to awaken him. And I'm glad I wasn't there, disciples, so that you would believe. Let's go to the next, next part. Jesus encounters Martha. So Jesus is coming now. And when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. And the, and, and, and the, the picture here, there were many who were gathered around um, who were uh, who were comforting the family it was Jewish custom for women to come and mourn and cry and wail with the family for seven days 
seven days after someone had passed as a comfort to the family, and they had been there at this point four days. They were in the house. Mary and Martha were in the house, and they were there, and they had been comforting the family. Four days. That's interesting. Jesus showed up four days. Why four days? He shows up four days. They had to not only endure the pain of watching their brother die when they believed that Jesus was going to show up and heal him, but now they're mourning for four days and Jesus comes. So why? Many, many Jews in the first century, um, it's believed that many Jews believed that the spirit hung around the body for two, maybe three days. But day four, that's a dead man. (laughs) This man ain't getting up. This man is dead. And Jesus shows up. It's also interesting because it says here that Mary and Martha were in the house, and it was Martha who went to see Jesus when they heard that he was coming. Mary stayed. That's so interesting to me because Mary was always the one who was the worshiper. She was the one that wanted to sit at Jesus' feet. She wanted to be near him, right? Martha was more of your practical one, right? She got frustrated when Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet in another story while Jesus was teaching, and she's you know, preparing and maybe cooking food or whatever it is. She was, she was frustrated with her sister for wanting to just sit there and not doing her responsibilities. But now it's Martha who goes and Mary stays where she's at. And Martha comes to Jesus alone. The, the weepers didn't go with her. The professional women who had stayed to comfort, they stayed with Mary. Martha goes to Jesus, and Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, in verse 21, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask, God will give you. That's an interesting statement right there. But even now I know that whatever you ask, God will give you. Jesus responded to her by saying, your brother will rise again. Her response is, yes, Lord, I know. I I know he'll rise again at the resurrection on the last day. She had good theology, right? She had good theology. But it's interesting when Jesus says this, that your brother will rise again. Her response is, I know he's going to come in the last day. You know, sometimes, sometimes we can be in a place, especially if you've been raised in church. I was raised in church. Sometimes we just know the good Christian thing to say. We know what we should say in a situation. Even, even if we don't truly believe it or feel it, it's just we kind of know what we should say, and it kind of comes out automatic. Well, this is what's happening with Martha when she says, Lord, but I know whatever, whatever God, whatever you ask God, he'll give you. Jesus tells her that your brother's going to rise again. She says, I know that everyone knows at the end. Everybody with good theology knows he's going to resurrect there. Jesus' response to her was, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Martha, do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. But we will find out as we move on. She, she didn't get it. She didn't get it. You know, some, sometimes I, 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 think, I, I, I look at this passage and I look at Martha. Sometimes you can have good theology and miss what's right in front of your face. She didn't say anything wrong. She, she had good theology and miss what's right in front of your face. And Jesus was there and she was looking there and Jesus is speaking to her. Let's, let's move on to the next section here to now. Uh, oh, key word here. Verse 26, and every, is, is, no, verse 26, end of verse 26, Martha, do you believe? Okay, so the second time, the second encounter where Jesus brings up belief. Let's go to chapter, uh, verse 28 and the encounter with, with Mary. Okay, now Martha goes back. She's encountered Jesus. She goes back and she's, she finds Martha, Mary in the house. All the weepers, the, the, those comforting are in the house with her. She tells Mary, the teacher, which is this interesting. Like Jesus just said, I am the resurrection <laughs> and the life. And her response is, the teacher's calling for you to come uh, and, go, and go see him. Um, Mary gets up quickly. The, the weepers get up, assuming she's going back to the tomb to weep there. They're prepared. They're ready to go three more days. Let's go comfort this family but yet Mary doesn't go there Mary goes to Jesus and she falls on her face in front of Jesus and she just says one thing she doesn't have any Christianese language here to say she doesn't have any right thing that she's supposed to say she just says Lord if you had been here my brother would not have died and she wept You know, our tears speak. She was devastated. She was probably in shock. Now she knows that her brother is dead and gone and he's not coming back. She knew that if God showed up, if Jesus showed up early, then her brother would be alive. But he's dead now. Jesus wept. How amazing is that? Now, I've shed... My fair share of tears. It's so comforting to know that Jesus weeps with us. Isn't that comforting? A God who weeps. How? You know, I weep, right, when, when, when things aren't going well, and I'd like them to be different, and I can't. I'm unable to change it. I can't affect change. And we weep. Well, he's the God who said, let there be light. He can change anything. In fact, he came here just to wake this guy up. He knew he was going to wake him up. And yet he wept with her. Our God knows what we're going through. He knows where we're at. And he can feel our pain. And his response to her. You see, he, he told the disciples, I'm going to wake him up. 
He tells Martha, I am the resurrection. And his response to Mary was, show me where you laid him. Show me where you laid him. Where did you bury him? Take me to the place where you gave up. Take me to the place where you lost your faith. Take me to the place where you were so wounded that you couldn't go any further and you just gave up on that dream. Take me there. Mary, show me where you laid him. Lord, come and see. Jesus gets to the tomb. This is the third section. An encounter with Lazarus. Jesus gets to the tomb. And he's deeply moved again. And he said, take away the stone. So I'm going to wake him up. I am the resurrection. Take me to where you laid him. Now, move the stone. Martha, this is the evidence of what I said earlier, that she didn't get it, she didn't really believe. Martha said, Lord, it's been four days. It's been four days. There's going to be an odor. Martha, did I not tell you that if you believe? Martha, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? I don't care if it's been four days. I don't care if it's been four years. I don't care if it's been 40 years. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Melinda, I'm wrapping it up if you just want to come on up. Melinda's my wife. She's beautiful. been four days. Jesus said, take the stone away. Did I, did I not tell you that if you believed, here we are again, belief. That if you believe, you would see the glory of God. They took the stone away and listen to, listen to Jesus' prayer. This hit me hard this week. Listen to this. Jesus said, Father, in front of everyone, prayed out loud. The crowds are here. Everyone's there. This is his final great public miracle before the crucifixion and he prays this prayer he says father i thank you that you have heard me i knew that you always hear me but i said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me he said i thank you that you have heard me because clearly the disciples didn't hear <laughs> clearly martha didn't get it mary's just devastated Father, you, you hear me. You sent me. And I'm thankful for that in order that they may believe. And he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus wakes up. He walks out of the grave. He's still bound. And he tells them to unbind him and let him go. 
belief. Jesus did this in order that we may believe. So what did John mean in verse 5? Now Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, so he stayed where he was two days longer. What we felt like was abandonment. Jesus knew they were in pain. Jesus knew they were hurting. Jesus felt that to the point of weeping with them. But it was more important and more loving for him to reveal himself so that they could see that Jesus is the resurrection. They traveled with him. They lived with him. They journeyed with him. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle. And yet, they still didn't really get it. And God let his friend, the one he loved, die. In order that they may see and behold the beauty of God. And that he is able. Now, a year ago, I was in Tennessee, and uh, I was in a rough spot. It was day four. It was day four. This is the first time I've preached in over two years. I didn't think I'd ever be in a pulpit again. And I'm in my living room. My family's out. I think they're shopping or something. And um, I'm in my living room. And I'm angry. And I'm crying. And I'm upset. I'm upset with God. I'm upset with people. I'm upset with myself. I was struggling to figure out who am I? What is my identity? It was day four. And I walked to the back porch, and we used the back door. And outside, we had this little little uh, fire pit with a mesh grate on top of it, right? And there was this bird that was trapped inside the fire pit. And it is panicking. It is flapping its wings. It's bouncing everywhere inside of this fire pit trying to get out. Can't get out. I watched it for a little while. Just the, just. Staring at this bird, I'm like, how did, he, how did he get in there? And he keeps flying and bouncing off. And then, and then in that moment, the Spirit started talking to me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but God was talking to me. Because this bird could see the beautiful world. He could see through the metal mesh. He, he could see out at, 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 at the beauty of the world, but he just couldn't get there. And he was, he was panicked. And Jesus said, Jason, you're that bird. He said, give it to me. Give it to me. And I did. I said, Jesus, I give you everything. Just take it. And I just start weeping and crying. And the craziest thing, I kid you not, as soon as I said, Jesus, I give you everything, that bird popped out. I don't, I don't know how. 
But he didn't fly away. He stood on top of the little ring handle that you pick up with your finger to take the grate off. He perched on top of it, and it was like he said, chest was all poked out just staring around. <laughs> like I, I, I conquered, right? And he stood there for a minute, and he flew off. And I'm crying. And then my family walks in the front door behind me. I'm just back. I'm just, I'm having a moment, right? <laughs> this is a moment. My wife and daughter comes in. They, they said, hey, and I'm, I'm just in the moment. And they're, uh, well, that's a great greeting, Jason. Because <laughs> I didn't respond back to them. I'm like, oh, that, that moment's over. <laughs> but no one can tell me that that wasn't God. And what I'm trying to say, and it, some of you are on day four. Some of you are on day four, and I don't know what it is. You know, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Um, you can play if you want to. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to work on this before we get up here next time. You know? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus came, and he revealed himself in this passage as the resurrection and the life. And we're all dead in our transgressions and sins. And he came to speak life and resurrect us. But he's also the resurrection and the life for, for areas of your life that you, you might be struggling with, that, that, that you might have given up on. And I want you to be full of hope this morning that Jesus loves you. And you may feel like things are dead. You may feel like things are over. But Jesus doesn't care if it's been four days, four years, 40 years. Jesus is the resurrection and he speaks life. And that's my prayer. And, and what, what I want to do right now is just have a moment um, of just... Melinda's going to play and sing his eyes on the sparrow. It's a good fitting song. I invite you. I invite you to to encounter Jesus. Jesus is here. I've been here praying all week. Jesus is here to encounter you. I invite you as she plays. You can kneel where you're at. I used to, I grew up going to altars. I mean, there's a little pew. You can just kneel right there if you want to. You can kneel at your seat. You can stand. However you feel like God is leading you, I, I invite you. Just, just see the beauty of Jesus and be filled with love and hope.